Miles, are you ready? Yep. To have your socks rocked. I'm not wearing socks, but sure. That makes my life easier. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to clean up after me. No, I don't have to work so hard to get your your feet bare. Oh. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, so what did one penny say to the other penny? They're both pennies. <laughs> Why do you always do that? <laughs> I don't always do that. You've done it a couple times. You've done it more than I have. Let's get together and make some sense. <laughs> <laughs> what is brown and has a head and a tail but no legs? I don't know. A penny. Oh. Come on. A penny's brown? I thought they're more copper. <laughs> well, if I said copper, I would have given it away. <laughs> Um, why don't cows have any money? I don't know. Because farmers milk them dry. (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting. Ah, Welcome back to your daily dose of, uh dad jokes <laughs> and <laughs> and bad puns <laughs> yep i guess i shouldn't say daily it's more weekly dose unless you're binging it then welcome yeah i don't know i feel like when we tell jokes it has a more intense effect which isn't necessarily a good thing intense effect what do yeah. you mean by that i don't know we're just intense humans yeah oh okay like the camping trip <laughs> you want to hear a good joke yeah this podcast <laughs> just kidding that was really funny <laughs> speaking of the podcast do we have any new listeners i don't know can you look yeah look stay tuned um let's see what the heck what what we have someone from uh puerto rico what yeah that's why I said, what the heck? Puerto Rico. Oh, oh and guess what? Your what? Montana is no longer second. <gasps> no. Who is it? North Carolina. North Carolina. Thanks, Melody, for binging our um, <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> our podcast over sure the weekend. <laughs> um, uh, no new states, though. No new states. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. That's insane. Well, thanks, Puerto Rico, for tuning in. I'm so excited to add that to our map. Is it offensive if, if I say hola? No. No, it Why wouldn't would that be. be offensive? It, no, it, it wouldn't space. be. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all, all right. the way. Well, Courtney. Miles. Um, how's it going? Good. Uh, big news. Well, not really for us, but for everyone listening. Uh, Miles and I survived our first week both working fully remote. Well, I guess Miles was like partially remote halfway. Yeah, the first two days I was gone. Yeah, and we uh, we didn't kill each other. So that is big news for everyone. Yeah, it's, so, still, it's still early. Give it time. <laughs> basically, that means that the podcast will continue for now. Yeah. Because we haven't killed each other yet. If we um, miss a couple weeks <clears throat> and I go missing under suspicious, suspicious circumstances, we'll know why. Let the record show, I will not be running away off of the face of the the planet anytime soon. Yeah, you better not. <laughs> no, people say that, like, like if, if their spouse goes missing and someone's like, oh, they probably just, like, ditched their phone and started a new life. 
on the beaches of Mexico. Oh. But really, it's because someone killed them. Legit, though, as far as ideas go, that's <clears throat> that's not a bad one. Oh. I mean, I, I wouldn't do that, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, like the beach in Mexico. That's what I'm... T- I wasn't <laughs> meaning, like, murdering your spouse. That's not a good idea. I'm saying, like, just start a new life. Live on a beach in Mexico. You know what? I think I could support that. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Um, well, guess what? Chicken butt. Correct. <laughs> what? Courtney's toes smell funny. That's so weird. <laughs> Why? I mean, <laughs> the fact that you know that. I mean, you are my husband, but still, the fact that you know that. We have no secrets. But also, like, I I'm mean, a I little, might have a couple. But... I'm a little offended. Like, come on, toes, pull it together. <laughs> but anyway, welcome back to our listeners. And welcome to those new listeners who maybe started on this episode for some weird reason. <laughs> yeah, you weirdos. Why would you do that? Probably because the first episode's pretty echoey. Yeah, we had some problems in the beginning, but we figured it out. We have worked out all of our kinks and our faults and, well, and maybe not is, all of them. But <laughs> This is as good as going to get for now. I think eventually we want to like upgrade our equipment, but we're not in a hurry to do that. Nope. We're fine just how we are. So, uh, this is the quality. This is us. Yeah, it's not <clears> bad <throat> quality for just starting out. True. I feel like we did we did pretty well for ourselves. Man, let's just, just to begin with. Can we just sit here and just compliment ourselves yeah. for the rest of the night? I feel like I'd feel really good about myself. Yeah. My toes don't smell funny. Okay. You can't <laughs> say that. Oh, sir. Okay. Do you love me still? Always. Always. Are you sick of me? Um... So, anyways, I have a story for you. Okay. I'm just kidding. What is this story you have for me? All right. Um, Okay, so I have a story for you that I found pretty interesting. Well, I hope so. (laughs) This is a story. um, How do I want to start this? This is about the Witch of Wall Street. The Witch of Wall Street. Uh Uh-huh. Not The Wolf of Wall Street, <clears throat> which is a movie. I haven't seen it, but I know it's got, uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Right. Um, nope, not about the wolf. This is about the witch. The witch? Cool. Yeah. So this is a story about a woman named Hetty Green. It sounds like a witch name. <laughs> is it an, a green with an E at the end? No. Oh, okay. So. That'd be very witchy. Henrietta, or Hetty, Howland Robinson green she was born in 1834 so definitely a witch and she's old (laughs) in new bedford massachusetts her parents were edward mott robinson and abby howland and they were the richest whaling family in the city like whaling as in fishing for whales yep (laughs) why do you say just because it's i don't know i just feel bad for the whales yeah but like a lot of things get hunted. Yeah, which shouldn't be. That's another story. We won't go into that. Okay, but. no, but I don't think people do this anymore, or at least to the extent that they were doing it. Mm-hmm. But they were using it for, like, oil and yeah. Yeah, no. and meat and things like that. That's true. I mean, we eat meat all the time. Yeah. Whales just hold a special place in my heart. No, I understand. Whales are very cool majestic creatures anyways they were a whaling family this was the 1800s so let's keep that in mind yeah yeah i got that yeah her family members were quakers okay and they like i said they had the largest whaling fleet and they also profited from the china trade 
the China trade? Yes. As in trading with China? Correct. Wow. Okay, so the China trade um, is basically an old commerce trade uh, between China and America during the uh, Revolutionary War. Um, Yeah, so basically they were part of that and they made big bucks. Nice. So pretty wealthy family, right? Yeah, sounds like it. Hetty had... A little brother who died as an infant, but other than that, she was an only child. Um, because of her dad's business and her mom was sick quite a lot while she was growing up. So she went, was sent to live with her grandpa. Uh, his name was Gideon Howland. Gideon, what a name. Yeah. So he sent, she was sent to live with her grandfa- grandfather, Gideon Howland, at the age of two, and her aunt Sylvia. Um, you okay, Denver? <laughs> That was a big sigh. Uh, okay, so... Da, 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 da. Because her mom was constantly ill, she spent a lot of her time with her grandpa, but then also with her dad, like, mm-hmm. when he was available. Um, but because of that, because they were both businessmen, she learned to read and then immediately would start reading for them. And they would, I think they would have her read for them. So she would read stock quotations, commerce reports. Uh, she learned how to read ledgers and trade comments. Uh, commodities with her dad okay like all before the age of 10 wow so she was just like basically from what i what i gathered from this is that they would have her read to them so you know they didn't have the internet or the local news memoto time (laughs) so they would have their the 10 year old read them the newspaper but specifically from the stock section Mm -hmm. they thought i'm young why not right (laughs) Um, so at the age of 10, she was entered into Eliza Wing's boarding school in, this is the coolest town name ever. This boarding school was in Sandwich, Massachusetts. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> this place is still- A Sandwich <laughs> of Wall Street. The Sandwich of Wall Street. Oh. You just picked our title. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> No, but I looked up this town. It's so cute. And uh, as of 2021, they have 20,000 people. So it's fairly small. You want to move to Massachusetts? No, not really. But I will go for lunch. (laughs) Get a sandwich and sandwich. That would be so legit. Uh, Okay. Anybody from Massachusetts is probably like turning off the podcast. I don't think think we have any listeners in Massachusetts. Well, when we get them. (laughs) Just skip this episode. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, okay, so anyway, she was at that boarding school in Sandwich. While she was at the boarding school, her grandfather passed away, uh, and her dad, Edward, became the head of the Isaac Howling Whaling Company. So when she was 13, because of all of the experience she had reading these newspaper uh, sections for her dad, she ended up becoming the family bookkeeper. Wow, good for her. At the age of 13. So she, I guess child labor laws were different back then anyway. So. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, she accompanied her father to counting houses, storerooms, commodity traders, stockbrokers, etc., etc. Uh, and in the evening, she would continue to read to him, read the news and everything. So she was very much like her whole life was surrounded in this business or these businesses and, and this business mindset. Um, so who named the town Sandwich? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still on the sandwich thing. Who named that town? 
I don't know. That who invented the sandwich? All right, let's. I'm gonna look. <laughs> who this invented is... the sandwich? Yeah, like was the sandwich named after the town, or was a town named after a sandwich? Like someone was just eating a sandwich in the place that they were trying to settle, and we're like, ah, oh, sandwich. That's a good name for a town. So it's a really old town in Cape Cod. Okay. It is named for the seaport of Sandwich, Kent, England. What does that mean? So it's named after a town in England. Yeah, okay. But like, who named that town? I'm okay. just kidding. <laughs> you had to go into it. So it's not someone that was eating a sandwich. What? Okay, so apparently there's a ton of different places named sandwich. You know what? <clears throat> there was a guy eating a sandwich who uh, went to Massachusetts and said, this is uh, the town of Lookstown sandwich i like it that is the new story nobody check at that town 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 council meeting when they were trying (laughs) to decide they're all just eating sandwiches what should we call this town jimmy jones was uh catering (laughs) (laughs) let's call it uh sandwich i like it nobody fact checked me (laughs) okay (laughs) especially the people from that (laughs) if you are from sandwich you do not hear this episode yeah just kidding (laughs) Okay, so by the age of 15, Hetty enrolled for two summer sessions at the Friends Academy. So Hetty attended Anna Cabot Lowell's finishing school and appeared as a debutante in 1854. And for the record, Miles taught me how to say that word. (laughs) Not debutante? Miles. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hey, you didn't know. It, It looks like a Spanish word. It does. It does. I don't blame you. But I had a lot of fun looking up what that was. Because it is so much giving uh, Richard and Emily Gilmore. <laughs> like. Yes. Ooh. Very much. So, do you know what a debutante is? Mm-hmm. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, can you explain it to me then? Um, yeah, it's someone who's just, like, really fancy. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, a debutante is basically, it's, it's specifically a young woman who comes from a very rich family. Mm-hmm. Or... Uh, well put family or whatever they want to call it yeah um and a debutante like they actually it's like almost like an official club and when the woman or the young woman turns 18 and comes of age she has like this uh ceremony slash party where she basically debuts into the community as cool. a woman but yeah debutante um first time i heard that word uh, it was back in australia because i think this is an english thing too um but we have like a debutante ball, which is basically like prom, mm-hmm. but it's girl choice. Oh, yeah. Um, but oh. It's, it's the same kind of process, though. It's like an introduction into a womanhood kind of thing. But Right. Is that where that comes from? Because mm-hmm. I've heard people... Um... More or less. I think it's a French word. Oh, okay. And it means something along the lines of that description. Well, because I've heard people, you know, um, it's tradition in a lot of schools across america to have like a sadie hawkins dance yes and it's basically the same thing yeah where it's like the woman's choice that's a better example it's the only school dance that we have um that's why i related it to prom okay um we are back sorry about that little interruption harper woke up and needed a little bit of time to get back to sleep yeah she's not feeling well yeah we are just cycling through every sickness in this household it's been (coughs) speaking of (laughs) it's been what six weeks i don't i don't know probably like the first week of december 
that we first got sick or at least that i first got sick Mm -hmm. oh yeah maybe yeah we just can't catch a break anyways so send us some good vibes (laughs) um thoughts and prayers are appreciated and maybe some nyquil (laughs) (laughs) just kidding we have some send us some send us some venmo money to um help with our nyquil supply yes please (laughs) cough drops (laughs) no i'm gonna deep clean tomorrow and uh that's my plan at least is to deep clean and to air out our house and sanitize everything because we just need to get this out yes correct but i was gonna tell you it was so cute so (laughs) harper likes to say yay Mm -hmm. no and so I was holding her and I was rubbing her legs just in case her legs were sore. That usually like relaxes her. Um, and she's just looking up at me and I'm just like, okay, you know, time to fall asleep now. But she wasn't falling asleep. And so she starts sliding out of my lap and I let go and let her just like stand up on the ground. And as soon as she realized that I wasn't like stopping her, she looked up at me and went, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and then she pushed me away. And started walking towards the door and she looked back at me and she was like, yay. <laughs> and I was like, where are you going? And then she looked at me for a second and then turned around and climbed back into my lap. So Aww. like, oh, good choice. Good choice. Aww, that's it was sweet. really cute. <clears throat> she loves her mama. I thought she was going to go running out to Dada, but nope, not this time. Anyways, what were we talking about? Um, Sandwiches. No, we weren't. <laughs> we were talking about dances prom oh yeah debutante yeah that's right yeah i remember sandwiches so wait you guys didn't have prom in australia no really mm-hmm. wait what mm-hmm. okay that no that can't be a thing why not you guys didn't have prom no you had a debutante debutante ball you had a debutante ball mm-hmm. so the guys never had like the grand gestures of asking the girl to dances no Wow, I knew that was an American thing, but I didn't realize that it was only an American thing. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much just American. Did you, like, did you guys ever envy that when you watched it on movies and stuff? No. Really? I I mean, I, but when we moved to the States, I was too young to, like, do a debutante ball anyway. Mine would have been the following year if we didn't move, but, but we moved. Yeah, Um, but you talk. So I wasn't too bummed. You talk about like how you see American culture on movies all the time, and I know there's lots of movies where prom is in basically any movie that has to do with high schoolers. There's a prom scene. True, true. So you weren't ever like, why don't they do this in Australia? No, not really. (laughs) Okay. I I never really liked the dances any either though. So you were too cool. I was too cool for those. Too cool. Yesterday, I was telling Miles that if we saw each other at dances, we would have flirted it up. But if we saw each other normally outside of that, we probably would have avoided each other. Yeah, this was like pre-dating. Anyways, it made me really excited to learn about the debutante because I didn't know what it was. And so I looked it up and there's definitely a whole thing about this in Gilmore Girls where Lorelai had her own debutante. I don't know if they called it that. I don't remember. Um, But she was horrified and... She didn't even fit into her dress because that's when she found out she was pregnant. Oh. And so, yeah. But then Rory did her own debutante and her um, arm, the person that she, the escort, the escort, her escort was Dean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Good old Dean. 
if you missed me talking about Gilmore Girls, it's never going to end. So True. Anyways, so um, that was just a little blurb that kind of took its own toll, but Hetty uh, had her own debutante in 1954, and then after that, she moved to New York for a little bit to live with like a family member. Wait, 1954? Oh, sorry, 1854. Okay, okay. Okay, 1854 gotcha. yeah she gotcha. time traveled um That's surprise <laughs> no but she went to live with um a family member and then she ended up moving back after a little bit uh and returned and started working with her dad so someone named janet wallish wrote about this situation and said quote by pursuing her father's interest she not only won his praise she shared his pleasure in making money naturally runs in the family Oh, yeah. Um, so in February of 1860, Hetty's mother, Abby, passed away at the age of 51. Her mother left her $100,000 estate to her husband and left Hetty her $8,000 house. In today's money, the $100,000 estate that she left to her husband is equivalent to $2.99 million. Nice. And the $8,000 house for Hetty is worth $239,681.01. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It I'm sure, it. like, real estate market kind of alters those, alters those numbers as well, but, like, still. Right. That's some good money. Yeah. Um, in June of that same year, Hetty's father sold off his interest in the whaling fleet and invested in a shipping firm. And became a partner for this firm um, and went to New York to do that. So that's when he started investing in government bonds. And what's interesting about these bonds, I, okay, I don't know hardly anything about bonds or stocks or whatever. Me neither. But these bonds specifically paid 6% interest in gold. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I know 6% is a good interest rate. Um, but in gold, what? I'll take it. Anyways, so during this time, Hetty's uh, aunt gifted Hetty $20,000 in stocks as a gift, which is equivalent to $5.99 million. So if we have any rich relatives that want to just gift us $6 million, I mean, I'm not going to turn it down. Yeah, we don't, though. But (laughs) if we did. Uh, Could you imagine? Oh, here's just this little gift of stocks. I'll take it. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, Hetty went to New York to spend time with her dad. And while she was there, she met her future husband, Edward Henry Green. More on him in a minute. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to talk some more numbers for a second. Okay. This was really fun for me. So. You know. In June of 1865, Hetty's father, Edward, died. Soon after his her father's death, her aunt Sylvia died as well. And if you remember, she spent half her childhood at Sylvia's house because Sylvia lived with the grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were very close. So her father left her about six million dollars, which was is equivalent to one hundred seventy nine million seven hundred sixty thousand seven hundred fifty eight. <sighs> dollars and 24 cents holy so they really were like rich (laughs) they were very wealthy yes that's not all (laughs) of course it's not so well i guess this was part of it the six million dollars included 
$919,000 in cash, which is equivalent to $27 million in cash, mm. and a warehouse in San Francisco, and then the remainder in a trust fund, which she received income and the uh, interest. This lady is set for life. Okay. She so- makes more, though, doesn't she? <laughs> That was from her dad. Yeah, she made. She has an aunt. Does she? Does she invest all that money? You'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah, you'll get to it. So Sylvia, this part's actually really interesting. Sylvia previously donated, so she put in her will that she wanted to donate half of her estate to charities um, and things like that in the town of New Bedford, which is where they were all living. Cool. Um, but then she left the, the other half to Hetty, which. Was about a million dollars, which today is about thirty million dollars. So, like, what made this girl so special that they just decided to give her all this money? Only child. That's it. Pretty like much. Like her aunt didn't have any children, or not? I mean, not from what I could find. Because if she did have children, why would she leave half of her estate? That's to a Hattie? good point. It's just like I don't know. I know that there were other family members, mm-hmm. but this is like the heir. That's interesting. <clears throat> but. This is where it gets really interesting. So she was in, was supposed to have inherited $30 million, essentially, which was a million dollars back then. Mm-hmm. By, okay, so by December of that year, Hetty challenged the will's validity in court. So Sylvia died in, like, the summertime. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, she was trying to say that this will wasn't valid. Um, and she ended up showing the court a will that supposedly was made about four years earlier from Sylvia that left her entire estate to Hetty. So not half the charity, half to her? Correct. Wow, okay. And included a clause invalidating any subsequent wills. However, the executor of Sylvia's will, his name is Thomas Mendel, he fought Hetty on that and basically said that she was wrong and that that wasn't real. He took her to court, and the court sided with him oh. and said that basically every document that Hetty brought forward was forgery. This whole trial, Mandel versus Robinson, which is her maiden name, uh, it took about five years. And after five years of legal battles, Hetty was awarded a settlement of $600,000, which is almost half of what she would have gotten because she was supposed to have gotten like a million but mm-hmm. still six hundred thousand dollars is really good yeah better than nothing and in today's money that's about 17.9 million wow so wow yeah must be Anyways. nice <laughs> um so going back to her little love interest on july 11th 1867 hetty and edward got married uh however hetty's father specifically before he died put in his will that he did not want Ed- Edward or any of her potential suitors uh, to inherit any of Hetty's money. Okay. Because he didn't want them to marry just for the money. So before they got married, they both signed a prenup that basically made Edward renounce any rights he had to her money. So they got married. However, despite him signing that, Edward was uh, a business tradesman in Boston, um, which is what he did, you know, for his entire career and by the age of 44 he was a partner um in this really big company it was russell sturgis and company and he became a millionaire himself without his wife's money wow, so okay good for him they were both very well off imagine being born into that family damn right <laughs> so uh they went to go live in vermont 
But because of the legal battles going on with the whole will, with Sylvia's will, she had other family members, like cousins, aunts and uncles and everything that were just, like, coming after her. Um, basically trying to get her indicted for charges of forgeries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so just to stay safe and clear from all the legal trouble, they ended up moving to London, where they lived at the Langham Hotel. Do you know what that is? No. It's, like, the biggest hotel in London. Oh, okay. Yeah. I looked it up. It's it's Is it huge. still standing? Yeah. Well, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, I bet it's haunted. <laughs> Let's go stay there. The Langham Hotel. It opened June 10th, 1865. When did they get married? 67. So it opened two years before they moved in. Wow. But I yeah. mean, when you have the money. It has 380 rooms. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> and coming from two people that used to work at hotels, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not many people know that about us. Yeah, fun fact. Miles worked at a hotel for a very long time. I only worked at one for like four months. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah, good times. Um, Got employee of the year one year. You also did at the pharmacy. Yeah, that's Saw true. your framed. I'm just great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what, Miles? This year you can be employee of the year for Family Podcast. <sighs> no, I like you better. <laughs> I'll vote for you. Oh, thanks. Maybe we can ask Puerto Rico what they think. <laughs> I don't know how to say that in Spanish. <laughs> so while they were living in England, they had two kids. They had Edward Jr., who went by Ned, and Harriet, who went by her middle name, which was Sylvia. Aww. So Ned and Sylvia. Oh. Um, that's where they lived and spent most of their time for several years. However, they ended up returning to the States in October of 1873, um, where Edward continued to invest in stocks and venture in real estate and things like that they specifically liked to invest in civil war bonds uh, which paid Uh high yield in gold they also liked to invest in augmented uh, railroad stocks interesting okay you know some of these words i feel like i'm speaking spanish like i don't know (laughs) i've heard the words before but i couldn't tell you what they meant that's okay but i know that these are good um big words so Hetty was really good at the stock market. Like she knew exactly like when to invest. She was considered a contrarian investor, um, which is a specific strategy that basically means like on the contrary, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is exactly how it sounds. You do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And so when someone when stocks like kind of crash and nobody was really wanting them, she would buy as many as she could interesting and then when they went up and became like all of the frenzy then she would sell them and make a lot of money um her first year in london in london she made around 1.2 to 5 million dollars i didn't do the conversion but i'm sure you can imagine that's a lot of money yeah i think it's like what 30 million ish a little over 1 million was 30 million Uh so it's a little over 30 million dollars um the most she ever earned in a day was two hundred thousand dollars yeah oh that's oh. like I, I keep making these sounds and like i'm <laughs> that i'm just amazed because that two hundred thousand dollars in one day is a lot in our day yeah not many people make that right that's crazy yeah not many people make that in a year <laughs> or in a couple years like we we could we make that make in that four that years in. but <laughs> oh my goodness right Holy crap. this is it's so hard to wrap your mind around the amount of money yes this is 
And then with the conversion rate and everything, holy. Ugh. Well, and, and I also have to add this in here. The conversion calculator that I used only went back to 1914. Oh. So this was 1870. Okay. So it's actually probably a little bit higher yeah, in today's probably. money. So oh my just goodness. let that sit and simmer in your head for I a little bit. <laughs> one, two. That's just like, it's one of those things like, you know, more money, more problems, as they say. Mm-hmm. But like, is it really? Because <laughs> I mean, I feel like that kind of money would solve a lot of problems for me. Right. That's almost too much money, though. That's that's probably too much money. Right. I wouldn't know what to do with it. Donate no, the rest I... to charity or something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel you on that. I mean, short taxes would probably take probably like half of it anyway. Yeah, I don't even want to think about what the taxes would be like. Ugh, taxes are probably more than what we make combined. Yep. I mean, definitely more than what we make combined. Oh, for sure. Okay. Should we do stock market? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's something I want to learn about, but it's also really overwhelming. And so I'm always like, oh, I'll learn about it maybe next month. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next year. Uh, Maybe that's your next year's resolution. Maybe. Learn about the stock market. (laughs) Um, Okay, so like I said, the Green family returned to the United States in October of 1873 after Edward suffered losses on Wall Street. So, here's the interesting thing about Hetty. Yes, she was very, very rich. She was also very cheap. Okay. And she was known for that. Known for it. Like, she literally, it says in here, on Wikipedia, (laughs) Green's cheapness was legendary. (laughs) So, her husband suffered losses on Wall Street. Uh, So, they ended up in Vermont... And while they were there, this part is just like a little blurb that I thought was funny. Hetty quarreled with Edward's mother until her death in 1875. Anyways, so... (laughs) So they argued till she died? Pretty much. Okay. That same year, um, Hetty covered Edward's losses associated with the London and San Francisco Bank, of which he was one of the directors. Hetty bailed Edward out again in 1884. So it's starting to become a habit that she's bailing him out of his debts, basically. It's toxic. And then, of course, living with her mother-in-law, who she didn't really seem to get along with. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, in 1885, there was the collapse of the financial house of John C. Sisko and Son, of which Edward was a partner. It was disclosed then that Edward had roughly $700,000 in debt. Okay. Hetty Green's $500,000 $500, represented one quarter of the bank's assets. So she literally owned like half the, or a quarter of the bank and he was $700,000 in debt. <laughs> Anyways, the bank refused to allow her to transfer her $26 million in stocks, bonds, mortgages, and deeds to the Chemical National Bank until Edward's debt was paid. Like... That's stupid. How frustrating is that? It's That's like, real dumb. Yeah. So in the end, Hetty made the transfer and paid off her husband's debt, but she never forgave them and they separated that year. Hey, yeah. She and Edward? Mm-hmm. Okay. They remained married until both of their deaths and they did spend more time together towards the end of their lives, but they separated at mm-hmm. that point. They were kind of, she was over him. Fair enough. She's like, you took all my money. Even though it was barely any of her money. Done fixing his problems. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, 
So she set up an office at the chemical bank, but she continued to live in boarding houses, flats, or hotels. Uh, She became known as the Queen of Wall Street at this point. And her investing philosophy in her words said, in business generally, don't close a bargain until you've reflected on it overnight. It is the duty of every woman, I believe, to learn to take care of her own business affairs and a girl should be brought up as as to be able to make her own living. And then she also said whether rich or poor, a young woman should know how to have a bank account, know how it works, understand the composition of mortgages and bonds, and know the value of interest and how it accumulates. Hmm. So she had quite the opinion on it. Sounds like it. I mean, um, it set her up pretty well. I like the part where she says, like, reflect on it overnight. I feel like that's good advice pretty much for anything in life. Yeah, don't make impulse decisions. Right. Unless it, it it's okay. <clears throat> so. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, we're going to slip past that one. <laughs> so, like I said, her cheapness was legendary. She was known to never turn on the heat, never use hot water. She had one black dress and she had a bad reputation of wearing one pair of undergarments until they wore out and okay. then and then switching it see it kind of reminds me i mean kind of loosely reminds me of um adam sandler a little bit yeah <laughs> like how he dresses on the streets just like really baggy clothes and if you didn't know who Modestly, it was you would think yeah. he would be like a bum or something like yeah. that i could see that but hers is a little bit like absurd yeah like one pair of underwear until it wears out yeah like she wouldn't even wash her hands i yeah, mean that's weird Hygiene back then was different, but still. She also rode in an old carriage, and she mostly ate pies that cost 15 cents. There's actually one story where she spent, uh, supposedly she spent half of a night searching her carriage for a lost stamp that was worth two cents. Oh. And then another, um, another story was that she told her laundress to only wash the dirtiest parts of her dress, a.k.a. the hem to save money on soap okay so just like things that are unnecessary in my opinion like i'm pretty sure people who had way less money than her lived more luxurious lifestyles um and she said about that she says because i dress plainly and do not spend money up spend a fortune on my gowns they say i am cranky or insane and to be honest for me it's not that you don't spend money on fancy clothes it's that you won't like bathe yourself properly yeah (laughs) or like have a decent meal just like good hygiene in general right i don't know but um she ended up coining the nickname or getting the nickname the witch of wall street at this point because she started to conduct her business literally on the floor of the seaboard national bank in new york huh she would just come in with like trunks and suitcases full of paperwork and just like spread them out on the floor in an office because she didn't want to pay for her own office yeah she didn't and so she would go in there and um i'm sure like i don't even know if she had permission to use these banks but she also at this point had close to a billion dollars which in today's money would be like 27 billion ish um probably more to be honest and so they're probably like just let her do it. Just mm-hmm. let her do whatever she wants. She can do it. She's a great it. asset to everyone. <laughs> yeah. But she wouldn't pay for her own office. That's crazy. Because, like, when you get to that point, I mean, you think of billionaires now. They live really luxurious lives because they can afford it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we were at that point, we would do the same. Like, you know, live luxuriously. We would buy a big house, buy nice cars. Yeah. I would definitely buy takeout. 
<laughs> even if i had a private chef you, you would, you'd pay for your own office probably oh uh, yeah with air conditioning with air conditioning and heat <laughs> right and i don't think these are necessarily bad things to have and i just for me i'm like i can understand the the frugal mindset but this is to me this is insane mm-hmm. like this is just too far um, but a lot of people speculate that the reason that she is the way that she is is because she had her Quaker upbringing. I don't know much about that religion, but if that makes sense to some people, then sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird to me that you're making all this money and not spending hardly any of it. Hardly any, yeah. Like, what are you planning on doing with it? Because did they have children? Her and Edward? Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah, you probably, I think you did. Yeah, you did. Ned and Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, um, I had water in my mouth. No, you're okay. So yeah. maybe she's just trying to give it all to them, but like even then, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I'll get to to your point a little bit more. Like there are there are definitely some things that I feel like are necessities, and mm-hmm. even then she wouldn't. And I'll touch more on that in just a second. Um. So she was one of the most successful businesswomen who like in new york and she mainly dealt dealt with real estate uh like i had said and she actually um helped keep new york afloat on several occasions wow like the literal city of new york uh most particularly particularly during the panic of 1907 she wrote a check for 1.1 million dollars and then took her payments in short-term revenue bonds she was very detail-oriented and she was so particular with her money that she would even travel alone thousands of miles during a time when women wouldn't travel unescorted. Mm-hmm. She would go alone thousands of miles just to collect a debt of a few hundred dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. She's very stingy. Yeah. She's very careful with her money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, careful is probably a better word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You might change your mind in just a second. So she actually coined this really, I guess, I don't, I don't want to say famous phrase because I had never heard it, but the phrase that she used uh, was popular and she said, I'm not heady if I, if I do look green. I'm not heady if I do look green. So I think in that moment she was meaning like if I'm using my money that I'm not me, mm-hmm. essentially. And it was popular and it actually um, was quoted in a book later on. Uh by a same situation where the girl in the book was negotiating the price of a room that she wanted to rent and she used it to imply that she wasn't as rich as she appeared oh so okay. that's how the author portrayed it at least so that's what she was trying to give to the people is that like if i'm spending my money then i'm not me which is interesting yeah good point though unfortunately though her frugality extended to her family life and this ugh, this part is so hard for me to get through like even reading it i want to just I, I i shrivel up a little bit her son ned broke his leg and hetty actually um i forgot to mention this she was actually known for being pretty uh homeopathic and she would kind of make her own medicines and, mm-hmm. and be like her own family nurse and so she thought that she could reset his leg oh, herself. No. And she couldn't. Did she I end don't... up breaking it again? No. Okay. Um, I don't know how old he was at the time. 
I don't really want to know more details than that, but she couldn't do it. And so she went to go take him to the doctors, but she didn't want to pay. So she made him and herself dress up like paupers, which is basically homeless, Mm -hmm. to get free health care. And they were denied. So she went back and tried to set it again. This time she was successful. Okay. However, it got infected. And so she went around looking for a free clinic and waited too long. And he had to have his leg amputated. Oh, no. Yeah. So she could have paid so much. Like, she could have gotten him the best doctor. Yeah. She could have. And to me, as a mother, that was so selfish of her to not Mm -hmm. do it. And so for me, like, all of these funny stories, it kind of all just the good reputations kind of go out the window at this point yeah because i would do anything i would pay anything i would put us in so much debt to make sure our kids had the best best health care and anything they need in that sense and the fact that she made her son suffer to the point of having to have his leg amputated it like makes my blood boil a little bit knowing that she was a literal billionaire yeah anyways that's my little soapbox (laughs) (laughs) as a mom i don't get it me neither so. i'm not a mom but no i get it like we can laugh at the uh the stamp searching for a stamp for a couple hours and her eating 15 cent pies and whatnot but this i think this was just she needed a wake-up call yeah anyways she and her son ended up having a really good relationship in his adult life so i'm sure they fixed whatever issue that was so basically so there's a quote by her we'll kind of put her back into a better light so we'll get rid of that story just to get it out of your minds so she says i don't think society means what some rich people would like us to believe i should get very tired of living in one of the great houses in new york going out all night and sleeping all day they don't have any real pleasure intercourse with the people is what i like and by that she means i like the real relationships and the real experiences Mm -hmm. versus what money can buy you yeah and to that i agree Oh, for sure. You know, I I do see where she's coming from with that. To live content means to live small, is what she said. But you can still pay for a doctor. Never mind. Sorry. (laughs) I know. We're just not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. No, I mean, no, I get where she's coming from as well. Because when, you know, going back to her other quote, when she's like, I'm I'm not heady if I'm green or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Pretty much. Um, Like, I get that because money does corrupt the mind a little bit. Where it's like, you know, once you are able to afford more than everyone else, you kind of see yourself as... Uh, and, and that's really the problem with it. Like, when it comes... I mean, there are people who are obviously exceptions to that rule. I guess it's not a rule, but that... Uh, what do you call it? Standard. Yeah, yeah. For rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are tons of people who just like who, who donate most of their money to uh, to charity. Like, you know, Markiplier is one example. yeah. We um, love Markiplier in yeah, this he's, household. He's, he's great. <laughs> but, like, I, I was uh, watching an interview of um, of his one time, like, one of those wired Google order... I, I've told you about it before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but people are obviously, you know, very curious about his net worth and everything. And all that he says is, like, you know, I have more than I need. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I live... And this is another guy who's, like, he lives very cheap. He has very cheap taste in food. Like, he's really like you know ramen stuff like that right, um right. and he just he just has 
he donates most of it to charity he says so i'm like you know good for him yeah and i like to i like to think that if we ever got to that point that we would do the same like we would buy what we need and like things that maybe we'll be like oh that'd be nice to have like you know like i said before big house because we love big houses right and a nice car but like uh, outside of that making sure our family is good and like have it live comfortably but also with like a little bit of time for and money for uh, you know vacations here and there yeah like making the memories yeah no i get that because when you're just working 24 7 it just you know you don't really have much of a family life that's, that's true sad. well and i think with with hetty the real big difference is that she became it, it seems to me that she became so obsessed with not using her money to the point where she was living so below her means that it's like what's the point yeah you know as long as she's surviving like if i spend more right it's like to me that's not a life either no it's like not. i i understand when people say like money is evil or like the love of money is evil like they say in the bible yeah um but also money is here for us as a resource it's like use it live your best life mm-hmm. don't be crazy with it make smart decisions but like use it that's why yeah. you have it you know anyways and that's is... kind of what i was saying before like that's why i don't understand why she has so much money and uses hardly any of it right i get it but it's i don't almost get it infuriating. yes <sighs> it's like come on just buy yourself a dang pizza come on <laughs> <laughs> live a little uh yeah so going back to this story uh she has been coined as one of the best investors of her early wall street contemporaries which is interesting because also she is a woman Mm -hmm. but you also have to think that from early on in her life she's been reading about stocks yeah so she just she knew it set them off young yeah so um Ned, her son, as a young man, he moved away from his mom and he managed the family's properties in Chicago and Texas. Uh, he did return to New York as a middle-aged man where he lived with his mom until she passed away. So Sylvia, the daughter, lived with her mother until her 30s. However, Hetty disapproved of all of her, all of Sylvia's suitors, suspecting that they were after her fortune. Mm-hmm. And so you might have guessed it. Sylvia finally married but had to sign a prenup (laughs) beforehand um her the man that she married is matthew astor wilkes he held a minor heir to the astor fortune and so he went into the marriage with two million of his own money um which was enough to kind of ease hattie or hattie's suspicions of him Mm -hmm. um but she still compelled them to sign the prenup basically doing the same thing that she did with her husband waiving all of the rights to inherit sylvia's fortune yeah that makes sense um because again sorry another little rant oh you're okay this is this one's small but like the more money you have the more you want as well the more what the more money that you have like the more you want it as well yeah and so like i i kind of see where hetty was coming from Uh uh-huh on that, that aspect I, I, too. I don't think it was bad advice as a yeah. parent. Mm-hmm. I, for sure. I think that was very wise, um, especially like when they're in the dating phase. I mean, she did date this guy before she married him for like two years. Mm-hmm. And same with Hetty. She married Edward after like two or three years of courting him. Yeah. But still, people can be snakes when it comes to money. Yes. Anyway. Anyways. 
Um, she, when her children left home and were grown, she moved between small apartments uh, in Brooklyn Heights and in New Jersey. Uh, she mainly was trying to avoid New York's property tax, even though she still had, like, loan money. She had loaned money over to the city. So New York was kind of in her debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she. That. She still regularly commuted to her, quote, office on the floor of the chemical <laughs> bank in on Broadway. And by 1905, Hetty was New York's largest lender. Wow. There were unsubstantiated rumors that claimed that she only ate oatmeal, eggs, and onions unheated as to not increase her fuel bill. That's disgusting. Yep. This part also makes me cringe a little bit, but it's for herself, not for her family. <laughs> In her old age, she developed a hernia, but she refused to have an operation, and she preferred to use a stick to press down the swelling. Oof. (laughs) She eventually moved her makeshift office to the National Park Bank, uh, and there she thought that she had been poisoned at the chemical bank. Oh, because she thought she had been poisoned at the chemical bank, which was a huge fear that she had for most of her life. In fact... She was very quirky with her paranoia. She often took hours to walk home from the bank because of the lengthy detours that she took to basically shake imaginary stalkers. Oh, interesting. So there's no actual confirmation that she was getting stalked, but she was convinced people were out to get her, which makes a little bit more sense of the lifestyle that she lived. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true, too. Yeah. Anywho... She died on July 3rd, 1916, at the age of 81, at her son's New York City home. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, she was the world's greatest miser. Cool. I don't know what that is. Time for Google. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, A miser is a person who hoards wealth and spends as little money as possible. Ah. So. We're the opposite. We get money and we spend it. We spend money we don't have. <laughs> no, but yes, yeah, she was very good at that. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so upon her death, Green was known as the Wizard of Finance and the richest woman in America. Her estimated net worth ranged from a hundred million to two hundred million at the time of her death, which would be about five point nine billion dollars. Yes, please. Today, I'll take it. Yeah. She, da, 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 her kids, let's see. So Sylvia, her daughter, died in 1951, and she left an estimated $200 million. Uh, she donated all but $1.38 million of it to 64 colleges, churches, hospitals, and other charities. Both children were buried near their parents in the Bellows Falls. So, yeah, that is the story of the sandwich of wall street (laughs) hetty green the richest woman in america the greatest miser (laughs) miser (laughs) what'd you think that's wow that i know i can't help but think she could have spent so much money (laughs) she could have bought america not literally but she basically bought new york yeah seriously imagine having like one of the greatest cities in the world indebted to you 
it's almost like it really just infuriates me that she had so much money and lived such a sad life yeah i know intentionally she intentionally lived like that like you know have a little bit of fun damn no go visit a water park loosen up a little bit disney world (laughs) (laughs) sorry anywho so yeah i don't really have any more thoughts other than that i do want to learn more about stocks though because you inspired you want to make money um i want to buy new york (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i do want to buy a pizza hi money crew i'll buy you a pizza (laughs) (laughs) he has mac and cheese in his hair (laughs) i know i tried getting out before but it's kind of just stuck in there (laughs) You got mac and cheese in your hair. I was hoping Demo would like lick it out or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta love dogs. Yeah. Maybe we can buy Denver. Oh, wait, we already did. <laughs> Denver Blue? I'll have to use some scissors. Yeah. He has a lot of hair matted back there anyway. Oh, such a sweet boy. Ow. <laughs> Man. Well, everyone. That's crazy, though. That's just. I don't know. No, I. I feel yeah. I uh I I'm mixed with both jealousy and pity for this woman. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, you know what we should do? Huh. Is uh when Harper is in elementary school, we should have her learn about stocks. So she can make us rich. So she well, herself rich. But yeah. Okay. Cuz I want her to have a good life. I just want her to learn about it and then make us money. <laughs> While we sit back and watch. Just kidding. Good parenting. <laughs> follow Just us. Kidding. Follow us for more parenting advice. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this story. Um, if you guys have any stories that you'd like to sh- like for us to share on February first, Valentine's Day is coming up. So if you have a cute little love story that you want us to share, now is the time. Do you have a good love story you want to share? No. Just kidding. But yeah, if you guys have any um, cute stories that you would like for us to share on February 1st, that is coming up. So send those in to famdemlypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome, Puerto Rico. And uh, Montana, you got some catching up to do, man. And in the words of the great Will Smith, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. Word. <laughs> but like, honestly, like, live for yourself. You know what? I just think everyone needs to cut up all their credit cards, uh, put a middle finger up to their bank account, and then go live in a cabin in the woods. Off grid. Or a beach in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah. So you get it. I get it. (laughs) All right, everyone. Have a good night. We love you. See you next time. Bye.